Hey everyone, thanks for listening to Sex with Emily on tonight's show, Spring Cleaning Your Relationship. How to know if it's time to break up? We'll be giving you some signs. Also, we'll be answering your emails. Topics include what to do about a jealous partner. Should you have sex with your ex and everyone's favorite topic, squirting? All that and more. Thanks for listening. I know how difficult erectile dysfunction can be on relationships. The topic alone can feel incredibly stressful and confusing for both partners. But I'm here to let you know, no need to be ashamed. Especially because erectile dysfunction is the most common sex problem and affects as many as 30 million men. If you're looking for a solution that does more than just temporarily treat symptoms, now there's Gainswave, a breakthrough shockwave-based therapy. This treatment is different because it uses sound wave to address the root cause of ED, removing microplaque that builds up within the penis, increasing blood flow, and stimulating new blood vessels. Not only does Gainswave's premium brand of shockwave therapy optimize erections, it's also a safe, non-invasive, and drug-free treatment to heighten sexual performance by enhancing blood flow. The best part is Gainswave has a 75% success rate and can also improve pay disease. The procedure takes just 20 minutes and most men can enjoy benefits the very same day. If you think you or your partner could benefit from this treatment, check it out and tell us how it goes. There are over 300 Gainsway providers across the nation. So to learn more, go to sexwithemily.com slash wave. That's sexwithemily.com slash W-A-V-E today. You got a boyfriend? Because uh, my man E here, he just got his heart broken. He thinks you're kind of cute. The girl's got to have her standards. Oh, my. Do women know about shrinkage? Isn't it common knowledge? What do you mean? Like laundry? It shrinks? Can we not talk about sex so much? Are you kidding me? Oh, my God. I feel so good. Being bad feels pretty good. But you know, Emily's not the kind of girl you just play with. You're listening to Sex with Emily. We're talking about sex, relationships, and everything in between. For more information, go to sexwithemily.com. We got a brand new website we launched last last month, and um, you're all loving it. So thank you for visiting the site. You know, every day we're posting new blog posts and videos and things that will help you have better sex and relationships, because that's what I'm all about. And I want to remind you that it's so easy to subscribe to the podcast. We love when you do that. I do two shows a week, and then you easily get the podcast. They'll show up however you listen on your podcast app, and there they are. And it helps us, too, when you subscribe, because we love you, and thanks, everyone, for listening and for being here. And um, I'm here with Anderson, my darling Anderson. It's been a while. It's been a long time. I know. I did a little vacation. What are you doing? Why are you out there cheating? I know. I'm sorry. I'm not really cheating. But I was with my mom on vacation. Was that fun? Yeah. You know what? I got to say, it was... um, I haven't had a vacation um, since the early 2000s, mm-hmm. and uh, it was really nice just to get away with my mom and to, you know, I my mom's super chill, so she's not like, ma, like all over my She stuff. was on the show. She was in here. I like her. Yeah, you guys, check out the show did with her, my mom. That was a really popular did, show. Did your stepdad go too? No. Girls Weekend It was a Girls out. Weekend. Girls week oh, we went to Cabo, and um, it was fun. I really just need to relax. And my mom has way more energy than I do, and she was like, let's go sightseeing. I'm like, nope, I'm just sitting by the pool. But, I would guess that it was the other way around. Exactly. Knowing you, Em? Mm-hmm. Exactly. My I mom is your always... mom being going, can I just please relax by the pool, honey? And you're like, no, we have to go see this, we have to do that, we have to do this. And I heard there's a sex lecture. I used to be like that. Yeah. And I have to say that since I have an vacation in so long, I really needed the distance and the perspective to just step back and reflect 
and do nothing. I'm like, no, I'm not going shopping, not doing this. And she was cool. And then she chilled out, which was good for her. And I had a lot of breakthroughs. That takes experience. It's hard to do a good vacation because most of the time if I go on vacation, I might come back exhausted. And you don't want to do that. You no. want You want to have a nice... You want to experience new stuff and see new stuff for sure, but you got to find a balance and you right. got to come back relaxed. I don't, I can't, most every single vacation I go on, I come back and I'm like, yeah, work. I'm so tired though from running around on my vacation. Yes. Yeah, see, I did not run around and I was there. I was healthy. I meditated every day. I ran. I, you know, Sounds took care of myself. So hippy dippy. I'm a hippie. What can I say? Yeah. And um, so that was fun. And then also I just want to mention that we've had some really good show. You guys, first of all, our show was. God, number six on iTunes, which is amazing. But there's been some po- really popular shows. We just posted out the five bedroom mistakes you might be making. You might love that episode. And then what women really want in bed with the lady gang. So check out that podcast. That was fun, too. And um, spring, it's spring. Spring is sprung. Spring. Do you know what happens in the spring, Anderson? Yeah, flowers bloom and like little birdies hatch and... And bears come out of retirement or hibernation. Exactly. Yeah. That's what happens. And it's a time for renewal, rebirth, right. cleaning out your closet. Mm. Do you do that kind of thing? No. Okay. Out with the old and with the new. You know why I am? Why? I live in California and it's always like spring slash summer out here. That's true. I don't really notice that uh, seasons pass or come. No, it's, it is true. My mom's in Michigan. She goes, I'm so excited. When I get home, I can buy winter clothes in the basement and I can bring oh, out I my love summer that. clothes. Yeah, you know, I, I have to do things like uh, I have a number of calendars around my house so that something changes. You know, say I no, need some kind true. of. No, it's true. Every time a new season officially comes on board, you know what I do? I'm, I got a new collar for Stan. He has four. He has four. I was going to ask you. Separate collars. He's got a spring. <laughs> this is ridiculous, but true. His spring collar. It's, he's got a winter collar. He's got a fall. And uh, and what's the other one? I almost bought Summer. him a collar um, in Mexico, but I didn't know if you'd yeah, be down that, with it. It was really cute. Four. Well, I didn't Black know Black is for winter. I'm glad I didn't. Green is for spring. Yellow I would be summer. offended if he didn't wear it. Red Stanley's is a dog. Mm-hmm. Check out my Instagram if you want to see pictures or my Facebook. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, you know what's funny, though? Every time mm. I get it. So when you call Lyft, do you use like Uber? Yeah, Lyft? it's a little pink mustache. Right. When you, yeah. when you call Lyft for it a ride, do you know that you're, it's connected to your Facebook? Right. And the picture that. they see that pops up, yeah, I get in their car and uh-huh. it's, it, and you know, my Facebook profile is me and Stanley. Oh, it is? I didn't know that. Yeah. So it's really funny because I'm always like, oh, they're like, oh, you have a cute dog. So every time I get in Lyft, they're like, what kind of dog is that? And I'm like, it's not really my dog. Oh, you can lie. I lie. Um, so but anyway. I, I have a feeling I know where you're going. You're talking about uh, maybe cleaning out the bad relationship exactly. in your life. Exactly. We get rid of position uh, possessions and maybe the people who don't, aren't really serving you that well. Like, you know, like orally? Yeah. If they're not giving you oral sex, that's one right. of the points. Out. It's time to freshen everything up. Okay? That's what we're doing here in spring. And there's actually this book that's been crazy bestseller. It's this Japanese book about decluttering. It's about it's a Japanese organization book, uh-huh. and it's I kind of gotta find the name of it. No, 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 it's better than that. Because I, I, ironically, uh, most people who bought that book, it's probably part of the clutter now. No, here's the book the thing. is actually clutter. You see what what you don't know about me? That's true irony right there. Uh, can I tell you what? What? Can I tell you? I'm looking it up. Yeah, so keep talking. You, you have a hard time doing two things at once. So, I'll, uh, okay, I'll, it's called. It's Marie go. Kondo wrote a book. Um, about Japanese oh, yeah, organizing, the, uh, the life-changing magic of tidying up. Sounds silly. There's a million books on organizing. But this book, so I'm obsessed with organizing. I don't think you know this about me because I'm actually not organized. <laughs> have you noticed? Yes, I've noticed how but disorganized I have this dream. Like, I'll, I'll, like when I want to relax and chill out or I feel like mm-hmm. I need to like de-stress, I like stand in Target and I'm like, oh, if I could just buy the, those organizers for my files, then everything will be okay. But then you just walk right by the aisle? No, I buy tons of organizers. And then they become clutter. 
clutter. Yeah. You the irony. Never... You see the irony. Dude, there's so much irony in my yeah. life. But anyway, this is this is her trick in the book, which is why it actually works because I I got I actually read the book. Uh-huh. And her thing is she wants you to, you know, separate everything into piles like these are my t-shirts, these are all my clothes, these right. are all my books, and then you have to hold everything in your hand for a second and say, "Does this bring me joy?" Uh-huh. And if it doesn't, you toss it. What if it brings you joy right in that moment because you yeah. forgot you even had it? No. Because I, I have this issue. My no, wife's always all on my back. we rationalize and stuff. But if you really think about I it, you're like, oh, but it's kind of broken. Or like my dad gave it to me as a gift, so yeah. I got to save it. But you know what? You got to think, they gave it to you as a gift at that moment to make you happy. They don't care if you hang on to the t-shirt from Florida. You know? Yeah, I got like a guilt thing going. Like my mom used to pack my lunch when I was in grade school. And like, I didn't like the American cheese, but I'd eat it because I'd picture her putting it on my sandwich and I'd feel bad that she went through the effort. You know what I mean? So right. I'd eat it anyways. Yeah, same yeah. kind of thing. So it's getting rid of stuff. So, you know, we all go through phases in relationships and couples experience like up and down, up and downs. But there is a point in a relationship where you have to ask yourself some questions. And if you've been kind of thinking, I'm not sure if this is working for me. We've been fighting for a while. Um, I'm not sure this is the person. I'm going to give you some things to think about. We're going to walk this through here. I was talking about this book to my friend. And she was saying that, you know, and I've read a lot of these different things. And they're like, you know, if you want to find a partner, you have to make room. Like if you're single, which you are not single, but make room in your home so you can welcome that person in. Like have two nightstands with two lamps and make sure there's space. And you're, and I thought about it. And so I live in a very tiny yes. cottage. And one of the problems with my bedroom is that you actually can't. I have no closet. So it's all hanging right. right. You can't actually get to the other side, other side of the bed. Uh-huh. And my ex... I broke up with a few months ago. He was like, I can't, I can't. It was so hard for him to get into my room when he right. didn't like sleeping there. Not yeah. just because of that. But he liked my house, but it was like that. And I'm like, oh my God, I was not welcoming you into my home. And you might be there doing that subconsciously issues. too. Maybe. Yeah. I was like, I don't want you in my bed. Um, but anyway, that's just a whole nother story. But here's some signs that it might be time to Say let go. Sayonara. And again, you guys, let me just say something. This is not a cosmo survey, cosmopolitan. Like you're not gonna like check, 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 break up. Like I have no formula here, but these are just. I want you to start thinking about these. Where things. does this list come from? My brain. Your brain. Yeah, from the mind of M. Let's do this. I'm excited. Yeah. Now. Okay. Ready? Yeah. Number one. Mm. If there's abuse, whether it's emotional or physical. Now, that seems obvious. You often don't know if you're in an unhealthy situation because obviously you're like, I like to be abused. And so, (laughs) you know, this feels really, really good. And this is a deal breaker. But again, when you're in it, you don't know that you're in that cycle of abuse. You're absolutely right. I've talked to a number of girls in my life, Em, and it's it's shocking uh, how many of them will say without, you know, even the... Without any kind of uh, vein of, of, of irony or anything that about how they are abused in the relationship. and But they don't speak about it as though it's re- abuse. Again, exactly. then he starts calling me fat and he's yelling at me. And it's like, they're bitching about it, but they don't realize this exactly. is hardcore abuse. You and need that's to why let you this need dude good... go. Right. And that's why you need to be able to have friends or people you trust and reflect on. So here's a cycle of abuse. Do you know the cycle of abuse? And if you want to Google this, there's a great... Um, it's, you know, I learned this in the psychology, but there is a cycle. There's like, you know, if you Google it, go to Google Images, you'll mm-hmm. see. But it's it's number one, yes. the tensions build. So, you know, tensions increase. There's a breakdown in communication. You feel like the victim, fearful, that kind of thing. Right. Like it's building. Walking building, on eggshells. Yeah, actually, exactly. Then there's an incident. Something can happen. Mm-hmm. Verbally, they assault you right. or emotionally or physically. Anger. Then there's the reconciliation mm-hmm. you make up it feels really good you make feel like you're sex. getting closer there's apologies you give excuses you deny that it even happened and then there's a calm after that mm-hmm. and you think oh you know this is the fourth stage of it um it's forgotten there really was no abuse and you get in that honeymoon phase and you're like wow we're healing we're moving and then 
the tension starts building. Right. So it's a loop. But tensions build, incident, reconciliation, calm. Can I just what what do you say to this? There every good healthy relationship does have a cycle where fights do come. If you show me a couple that never gets in any fights for years, that's an unhealthy couple that don't really right. pay attention to each other. But They're living this, separate lives. But I'm talking about abusive Actual tensions abuse, building. Yes. yes. I'm talking about verbal abuse. And we're going to label, we're going to, I'm going to let you know here some signs that you are. Don't worry. We're getting into this. So if you notice this cycle, might be time to uh, end the relationship. It's never good. And let me tell you also, if you are in an abusive relationship and you get out of one, that's a great time to learn from the relationship and to do some work on yourself. Reevaluate because you keep your repeating the cycle. Yeah. Number two, the fighting gets mean and it starts happening more frequently. So like you just said, Anderson, couples, mm-hmm. they fight. Yeah. If you never fight, oh, we're so happy. I, that's also You're going to have disagreements. But we're talking about it gets mean. Yeah. And it, that's, that's, that's a you thing. What? It gets mean. It gets mean. That's Real such mean. A, yeah. And happening more, it happens more and more. Now, John Gottman, he's one of my favorite researchers. Have you heard of Gottman? Gottman. Gottman Institute. So Gottman... Um, he did these amazing studies and he did these studies over years and years and he watched couples and he was able to identify predictors of either a failed or terminally happy, uh, unhappy relationship. He studied couples over a few years period and now it gets to the point where he could look at them for five minutes Mm -hmm. and he can tell if a few things happen that it's not going to last. Right. So let me tell you what these are. I would think that some of these couples had issues because they're like, I really don't like that there's a dude named Dr. Gottman over my shoulder constantly watching us. Well, no, exactly. That was another issue. No, but I'm telling you, you're going to hear these and you're going to know it. Actually, it's called the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse. Oh, I love this. Tell me. Tell me more. Okay. Number one, criticism Mm -hmm. versus complaints. So a complaint, specific situation, right? Like your partner failed, you know, you in some way and you're like, hey, you know, um, you know, it kind of attacks their, so that's criticism, and then, then there's complaints. So let me, complaints yeah, are tell okay. Me the difference between okay, right? Okay. Here's a complaint. Anderson, yeah. pretend we're married. Okay. God, there's no gas in the car again. Mm-hmm. I'm really aggravated you didn't fill it, and you said you would. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm really disappointed. Is that a that's complaint? a complaint. Here's okay. a criticism. You never remember anything, Anderson. I told you to fill up the gas. You can't be counted on, and you're a loser, and everything you do is like, I'm never trusting you again. Yeah. Okay? Yeah, you're attacking my moral criticism. fiber there. Exactly. Yeah. Like so who that's, I am. So couples who are more critical than they are complaining is a problem. So critical is that you're- That's you're, the first one. And it's, you're attacking who they are rather to what exactly. they did. Exactly. A complaint is about what they did. Specific. You're like, you don't make it into this global, you always forget things. You're like, you know what? This one incident, you said you felt the gas. I was late for work. Yeah. That bummed me out. Right. Number two, under the uh, four signs that you, your relationship is probably in trouble. Yes. Contempt. Mm-hmm. This is a huge one. Contempt. Now, you know what contempt is? It's when your behaviors, it communicates disgust. It's disdain. like, I'm, yeah, disdain. Like it's not, it's like, it's includes things like criticism sneering, sarcasm, like name calling, like you're an asshole, like you roll your eyes, you mock them, you make fun of them. Mm-hmm. That's contempt. And it's hostile. Mm-hmm. Okay? That's what, it's the way you treat someone you really Disdain. don't like. Yeah, you're rolling your eyes. It's and disrespectful. It's beyond resentment. Exactly. It's yeah. disrespect. Then you this is to- like how I treat coworkers that I have to work with, but I don't want to like have a relationship with them, but I have to interact with them right it's contempt and i think and I we're also going to put this on the website because i'm going to give you i'm dishing out a lot here but this is all like i believe that gottman is probably one of the greatest researchers on relationships so i'm glad we're talking about this okay so then there's defensiveness this is just like the problem it's not me it's you we all know what being defensive is but this is like your partner's 
always defensive. They never take responsibility um, for their own behavior. And they point to something you did and they complain about you. You're like, listen, honey, I'm really upset. You said that there was, you know, you were going to bring home dinner night and I'm really hungry. They're like, well, you never do this. And, you know, they never can take it in. They can never take feedback. Um, they always point it right back at you. Can I just say, too, though, about that, Em? A lot of people, that's like a personality disorder. And they're like that across the board with everybody in their life. Right. You know what I mean? But there are not- those people that are going to be defensive, whether they're like married to you or they're you're their child or you work with them. But that's really, really. De- but these- that's awful. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. you're never going to get anywhere because you're you understand this is when the breakdown. I always say like you got to communicate, and this is when I'm not saying again you can end it. These are signs that you could work on it. You could say, you know what, my partner is displaying some of these, and this is when you go to therapy, and you say, you know what, these are the issues, and then oftentimes when couples therapy works, that's when you learn the tools. To they give you tools actually in therapy, and then you go home and you practice. You're like, you know, when you say this in that tone, it really upsets me. And then you learn in therapy that you have a sign that was that tone again, and you learn to kind of change your behavior. Some couples are not able to reconcile that. Right. Um, and then also the frequency of fighting. The fighting, like I said at the beginning, more and more fighting. You can't agree on the smallest, smallest things. That's beyond repair research. at that point, right? Beyond repair. Okay, number three. Now, this is number three of the big signs. Mm-hmm. That was just part number two. There's no trust. Any foundation or iota you had of trust is just completely gone. Right. Maybe someone cheated. You know, um, it could be from past relationships, too. It could be child tra- childhood trauma. You're always accusing your partner of cheating. Um, and you just cannot build the trust. And you it doesn't matter. There's insecurity. There's jealousy. And this, as you know, if you've been in a relationship like this, both parties will suffer. The problem with trust is people think that, well, I keep reassuring my partner. I keep telling them, you know, you know, I'm not cheating or if I cheated once, you know, I won't do it again. That's a, this is another case where most in most scenarios, couples on their own cannot rebuild trust without the help of a third party. Mm-hmm. And that is a therapist because there's so much broken down and and already and the problem is if there is an indiscretion like let's say that gets founded on you know someone did cheat for example oftentimes a person who was the cheater doesn't want to talk about it right like it's done it's over let's move on it's shameful and the the problem is is that the person who was cheated on they don't get they need closure they need to hear sometimes they need to hear every detail and you need to be patient with them and whatever the case may be these couples can't get past it. When the relationship's been damaged that bad, it's like uh, the equivalent of having a broken leg that you need to go to the doctor and get it reset. You exactly. need to go to a therapist to get your relationship reset if it has any hopes of ever right. being healthy again. Now, early on when this happens, if you notice that you're, you're in a relationship where, you know, there's I've, a lot of trust. I've, I've been in relationships for like two weeks where all we hit all these milestones. Right? Yeah. And uh, how'd they the go? sex is awesome, but then... uh. Right. Yeah, everything else is and so And, you know, chaotic. we always hear from people who are like, my partner's really jealous. It's not working out. Guess what? That's not going to go away. And it's probably doesn't have anything to do with you. And it, the jealous partners are usually cheating. That's why they're jealous. Well, they, that's ex- interesting. That's yeah. true. A lot of times when your partners pr- could be projecting. And early on, if you catch this, you can work it through with therapy and try to rebuild it. But sometimes point of no return. You know, if you've given it your best... You're not going to be able to rebuild the trust. Game over. And sometimes it's not worth it unless you got like kids or, you know, or it's the first time you've ever been able to find somebody that you could work with. Exactly. But a lot of times it's just like, get out. Get yeah. out. Yeah. Because you're not, if you're not working on the trust, it's not just going to magically go away. Right. Okay. Mm. Number four, there's no sex in the relationship. But that we all know sex waxes and wanes in relationships. So ebbs and flows. More, ebbs and flows, waxes and wanes. Um, but this is when you've tried 
Like you've actually made an effort. You've tried to talk about it. You tried to work on it and it just dies out. And this is not about sex drive and libido and you just had kids. Sometimes you just, you just don't want to have sex with your partner anymore. You become a roommate. Yep. You become roommates. You're not interested. You find that you're really attracted to other people. You're making lots of excuses not to get intimate with your partner. And like I've always said, if you're just, if you're not having sex with your partner, it's gone on too long, you are roommates Mm. and you're not lovers. Right. Okay. But you're comfortable and you can't imagine your world without that person, especially if you share a space a lot of the time. People don't like change and you're going to have to make a massive change and have a different living space and have a different roommate or maybe no roommate. And that's scary. Right. But you only have one life as far as we know. Exactly. Can't be wasting it. And and I've told a story actually. I have a friend um, years ago, a few years ago, she's older than me, but she was married when I started my show, of course. So I talk about sex with everybody and she was like, you know what? They'd been together like 15 years at the time. A woman I work with, she's, Emily, I don't care about sex. He's a great dad. We got two kids. I've had enough sex in my life. She thinks she was like 40 at the time. She's like, mm-hmm. I've had enough sex. Yeah. And I thought to myself, something's messed up here. You've not had enough sex. And now they're divorced. Turns out there was an affair. And if By you who? find yourself rationalizing away, she Her? Yeah. she did. She had um, enough sex with him. Well, right. That's exactly. what you meant. So what I'm saying is if you're rationalizing the fact that, you know what? We're best friends. It's great. I could see, I could see that though, especially when you get, once you got kids when and you're you, older. Forties might be a little bit young, but if yeah, you're like fifty or sixty, and you're doing that. Should, yeah, twilight years, you know what I mean. That's yeah, you make your own decisions. We like going but on cruises early, But I'm saying, you know, you're board. yeah, you still want to be, but it's not working. Um, finally, and you don't see a future together. Because <laughs> here's the thing: what have you been with someone where they're just like planning trips without you, or you close your eyes and think, God, I can't, I wouldn't want to meet my parents, or I can't want kids with this person. Yeah, yeah, I've been in relationships that lasted like six months after this thought went into my head, Emily. Uh, we were going, we were both hungry, we were going to go get something to eat, and I'm like, ah, that's like a 10-minute drive to that restaurant. I don't want to sit in the car with this person for 10 minutes to okay. get to the restaurant. Exactly. And I was with that person for you six months after that. You don't even see a future that. dinner with them. I don't even see the future drive. The drive seems like uh, just mind-bogglingly numb. Exactly. Know? So I... That's a feature. Also, if you feel like you're planning your summer vacation, but you're not thinking of them, you're, and also your future plans don't line up. Like, you know, you know that you want to settle down in the suburbs with five kids I, and your partner's like, can't wait, just wants to live in the city. Like, these are all important people change, things. People change, though. People change. Well, you know what? But you're right. If you're, you're with someone for a while, and I'm not saying, again, you guys, I... I'm not like, pay, I'm not like if something these happen, like I, I'm not take sex with Emily. I'm going to do a little disclaimer here. I'm not taking responsibility for your relationship ending if it was wrong. <laughs> we will not pay for your therapy. Um, I'm just telling you, these are some things that might get the wheels turning. Let me head. ask you this, Em. Yep. You personally, have you ever been in a relationship for, because I, I know you're monogamous, uh, uh, you're, you're a serial monogamous there for a while. I was, right? yeah. Were you ever in a relationship that you felt like it was really bad and you were, you, you knew inside you were done with it, but yes. you didn't want to give up on it because you'd already been in it so long? Yeah, a lot of reasons. I think that there was comfort. I used to joke that I, I, and it was actually true, but it's been a while now that I used to spend half my relationships trying to get out of them. Get out of them. But no, like you actually look. Well, I've already, I've been with him for two years now. I don't want to throw that away. No, I never thought that. Okay, because I hear that a lot, especially from the ladies, and it's it's really not the wisest way to go about something. No, because right. It's like if you've had a bad stock and you've been losing money for two years, you don't stick with it. You exactly. Know? You got to know when it's time to fold them. Yeah. Know right. when to hold them. Well, you've never done that. Okay, good. No, I haven't done that. Okay, so and here's some follow-up questions, you guys, because I don't want you to just be like, oh, that's check, check, check. First, think about this. What are you afraid of if you end it? Spiders. Afraid of being alone? Oh. Afraid that, here's another thing. How do you do this? I'm never going to find anyone else. 
Yeah. Right? That might be the case the for some The best thing people, that ever happened to me. No, I don't know. Some I don't people. think that's the case for I've people. I've seen no. some people. I've seen some people. Well, they're probably could use a lot of contempt. They're you ever see somebody like on a reality show and then you find out they're, they have kids and you're like, oh my God, they actually had sex with someone? Who would ever have sex with that? I'm sorry. Yeah, no. That was mean. No, that is mean. Um, you might fear that no, uh, no one's going to love you. You're unlovable. And then think about like where are these fears coming from? How real are they? Or are you using them just as an excuse Settle for good enough. Sometimes we use these excuses. We're like, I'm just too, I don't want to deal with it. And I know a lot of people who are in relationships who eventually, in some stay together forever and some eventually get divorced, but they just, they literally in their mind, they're like, I can't imagine being without this person because there will be no one else. But right. I'm telling you that that's just a fear that is not true. Especially if you want to find someone else. There's I was so messing many around. people. There's get on Yeah. There's always somebody now. There's always somebody else at your level out there roaming the streets looking for somebody as well. Yeah, that is not right. That's just a fearful thought. The other thing is, am I in love with this person or am I in love with the person I wish they were? Mm -hmm. Do I think this person is going to change? Right. If they only change, then blank. Once they stop drinking, once they lose weight, once they stop accusing me of beating me, whatever. That was morbid. But, huh. you know, then it'll be great. Newsflash, people. People do not change unless they want to change. So do not ever date or marry on potential. Right. Okay. Which also, happens, I think, more often than not. What? People I think that people get married thinking that things are going to change. Right. And people like to change. People yeah. like projects. They like fix-me-ups. Especially They're like, you ladies. You did as well. Oh, I did a lot. Yeah, but I'm kind of so, like a chick at heart. You are like yeah. a chick. Um, also, the last one is, is this relationship bringing out the best of me? So, like, when you're in a healthy relationship, you want to feel like this is your best self. Right. You know, you you make each other better. You build each other up. You, like, working towards the same goals or they support your goals. But if you feel like your relationship is bringing you down and, like, your partner is, like, holding you back from things that are really, really important to you, um, you know, constant criticism and negativity, like, how are you feeling in the relationship? You want to feel like your best self. Um, and I have to say that I was in a relationship not too long ago like in the last few years where I realized, and this isn't usually, this is something that's new for me, that I felt like, God, I had some like insecurities coming up and um, things that like, I just felt like, God, this person really isn't supporting me. And I think they were a little jealous. And it was like, God, I'm actually feeling bad. I've never felt, and it's funny because I have these four best girlfriends from college and they came out to visit me in San Francisco and they were like, you know what, Em? And I've never seen you worry about this thing. Like you're, you're worried about things that are not like you. And I realized it was, I was allowing my partner to have this effect on me. And sometimes it's really great if you people who know you and love you and trust you to, to actually listen to them. Right. And you know, and it takes guts too. It takes yeah. balls to like, uh, cause what if you ended up marrying that guy? And like a lot of women in your, your position or men too would turn around and be like uh, pissed at the friends for like saying anything about it. Right. And I'm telling you, here's the other thing. I don't think that every friend knows the best, but you know who those people are. Yeah. The, who are your good friends. You gotta have people to keep you grounded. Exactly. Show you what's really happening. Exactly. And then finally, have you given it your best? Like, have you really tried? Because this can't be just like one thing happened and you're out, but like you tried therapy, you tried talking about it, and you know when you're done. Okay, so, um, you know, this is not going to apply to everybody. And if there's kids, of course, there's more to consider. But I want you to uh, I want you to really think about these things because it's spring. Happy time. spring. Woo. That's <laughs> enough. OK, but now that's uh, we got that out of the way. So I just, you know, throw out some old T-shirts and throw out some old relationships or stay with them. Maybe this is refreshing. It's also the time of year that if you have a house cat, they're going to be bringing in little baby birds because it's springtime. It's very upsetting. Happens? Yeah, it's just like my backyard is just like a. So you wild have a safari. Cat? Do you have a cat? Yeah, I have a cat. I have a house cat. But yeah. I let her outside. She goes outside, then she brings things in. Oh. She had an alligator lizard in her mouth a couple days ago. An alligator? And she was meowing with it in her mouth. Oh, 
Like looking did, at us did, all did proud. You, did you take pictures? No. No, I just scream out, Kitty, no, Kitty. Kitty runs and then she drops the alligator lizard. Was it and dead? I, no, it's roaming around my house. Because I know that you probably take it freaking. to the vet or something. No, I took it out front. I let it go. Okay, we're going to take a quick break and be right back. Something magical happened this year. The magic wand turned 50. Just think about how much the world has changed over the last 50 years. I'm talking disco to dubstep, payphones to cell phones. I mean, do you realize the magic wand came out a full year before we landed on the moon? That blows my mind. There's a reason the magic wand has stood the test of time. It's just that freaking good. Time Magazine named it one of the most iconic inventions. Cosmo calls it the little black dress of vibrators. In other words, it's the one vibrator you need to have. In case you haven't seen one at any point over the last 50 years, the magic wand is a full-size massager. And yes, it works great on the shoulders too. For most women, its power and size make it the ultimate clitoral vibe. I call it the sure thing. And because things get better over time, you now have two models to choose from the original plug-in version for constant power, or the variable speed rechargeable version for cordless convenience. I've been obsessed with my magic wand since before I started the show. I even had my nightstand modified so I could keep it plugged in from inside the drawer. That's how much I love a magic wand. If you haven't tried one, what are you waiting for? Just go to magicwandemily.com. That's magicwandemily.com to order yours today. We just finished our latest survey, and since last year, the percentage of you who use lube frequently went from 48% to 63%. This made me so proud, because you know I want you guys to have a lube on every nightstand. That's my dream. Now, I know there could be some confusion when it comes to deciding which kind of lube to buy, so today, let's talk about silicone lubes. They last longer, they're waterproof, and you can use them with condoms without breaking them down which is why I am so excited I get to work with Uberlube. I literally used to stock them for samples at trade shows. That's how much I love their lube. I even gave my producer a cup instead of a whole bottle because I didn't want to give it all away. So anyway, Uberlube gets that high quality silicone is the best option because that's literally all they make. You just have to feel it and you'll know what I'm talking about. It's never sticky or tacky and they even add a touch of vitamin E so you feel moisturized after using it. In fact, you can use it in your hair for frizziness, on your skin for chafing. And side note, if you got colorful tattoos, it makes them more vibrant. It's kind of like the Swiss army knife of lubes. Uber Lube is long lasting and waterproof, so you can use it in the bath or the shower without reapplying. Besides the way it feels, let me tell you about the bottle. It's such a clean design in this beautiful glass bottle. Definitely nightstand friendly, which of course I love. Ubalube is really in a class by itself, and I want you to try it. So to order yours, go to sexwithemily.com slash uberlube. That's my site, sexwithemily.com slash U-B-E-R-L-U-B-E today. I am so excited to let you know you can now hear Sex with Emily live five days a week on Sirius XM Radio. You'll find me in Stars Channel 109, Monday through Friday at 5 to 7 p.m. Pacific, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern. But don't worry, the podcast is staying right here. My brand new radio show will have everything you love about Sex with Emily and more. Because every day I'll be interviewing guests, sharing the latest news, and my favorite part, taking your calls live on the air two hours every weekday. If you're a SiriusXM subscriber, you already know how great it is. If you never tried it, get a free trial for 30 days. Just go to sexwithemily.com slash sxm. That's sexwithemily.com slash sxm today to try SiriusXM for yourself. See you there. Okay, so um, I would like to... um. 
Let's get into some emails. Email time. Thank you, everybody, for emailing me. Feedback at sexwithelmy.com. I love hearing from you. Are there links on your site, too, about all the stuff that you just cited yep, there from Gottman? exactly. Got- there Got- are. We're going to post all this from Gottman, Gottman. Um, John Gottman. And I think this is going to be really helpful for you guys just to take a look at it, because I know I just ran through a lot, but um, I think it's a really important and- for you to take into consideration. Chances and are. And maybe none of these apply to you. If you are uh, taking the time to go to the website and look at it further, uh, to take a look at your own relationship, chances are there's a reason you're doing that, right? Good point, Chances Anderson. are there's something there that's bugging you. I once heard this advice, relationship advice, and I don't think this is for everybody, but they're like, you know, my friend kept saying, God, I just don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure if we should be together for like a year. And my friend turned to her and said, if you don't know, right. you know. Kind of like the orgasm adage, right? Like, uh, I think I might have had one. If you think you had an orgasm, you didn't have one. Exactly. Yeah. Trying to know. Okay, emails. So, um, I love when you include your name, where you're listening from, and how you listen, and your age in the email. Oh, and this email I really liked um, because, you know, we answer a ton of sex questions on the show. But I also like answering, of course, we answer relationship as well. So, this was an interesting one that um, we hadn't gotten in a while. Hey, Emily, I'm a big fan of your podcast and iTunes, and I'm in need of some third-party advice. I recently moved with my boyfriend of nearly six years. We live in San Francisco and just made the jump to the burbs. We lived in San Francisco. We got our new apartment on very short notice, but I had a previously scheduled doctor appointment in the city, so I figured I'd take advantage and sleep in the old apartment to make it easier on myself. I'd pulled the sheets off the bed in the morning, knowing that we'd be back in a few days to pack the remainder of his items and clean the place. We returned to the apartment a few days later, and I immediately tossed the sheets in the wash, not thinking anything of it. My boyfriend apparently found this behavior highly suspicious uh-huh. because he's now accusing me of cheating. Right. He's latched onto the fact that washing those damn sheets was the first thing I did when we got there. I absolutely did not cheat on him. Trust has never been an issue for us, even though we're frequently apart. I suspect this is part of a bigger issue, and he is second-guessing or moving in together. But how do you get someone to address the actual issue instead of throwing out hurtful accusations? Do you think he's inventing reasons to break up? I'm really hurt by this, and I was really excited to be taking these next steps in our relationship, and I so appreciate your take on it. Thank you, Jessica31. Good luck, Em. That's like nine different directions you can go there. Well, yeah. Here's the thing, Jessica. I love this question, again, because like I said, we don't get a lot of these issues, not at least not lately. I don't know why this one seems like interesting to me because there, there's a lot going on here. Okay, you've been together six years, and that's kind of a long time if this is your first blow up like out of the blue about trust yeah. and jealousy, yeah. right? Yeah. Six years, things are good, and all of a sudden it's the sheets, right? Not a great sign, but there's two possibilities I've broken it down to, but okay. you know, of course, Anderson, I'm open to your feedback. One... Possibility. He is the one who's cheating or thinking about cheating, mm-hmm. like we talked about earlier, and he's projecting. And I'm sorry, but this this is common. I hate to break the news to you. For one person who's actually up to no good to kind of call out their partner because they're feeling guilty, either for feelings that they have about cheating or they actually have cheated. I hope this is not the case. I really hope it's not the case, Jessica, but it's worth looking into. Option two. He's kind of freaking out about taking the next step. It's kind of like how people get cold feet before they get married. Right. And he's creating drama to hide the bigger issue that he's fearful of moving in together. 
So that's what you said. You said, I'm wondering if he's trying to create an issue. And I think that's what it is. And if that is the case, you can work through that together. It's totally normal to have fear, right? Anderson, when you were getting, did you have cold feet? You still have cold feet? Just kidding. <laughs> but um, wait, I mean, was no, it No, by the time I finally, I'm a bad example. Because by the time I finally, I was like homeless when I, my wife and my now wife and I finally moved in together. I was like a ro- rolling rock. I was just staying in a different place every night. Really? Didn't pay rent anywhere. I, I was a, I was a. I was a nomad. It was, it was, I loved that lifestyle. It was a fantastic lifestyle. But by the time I actually moved in with her, it's like I knew that it was. You were ready, okay? Yeah, but you, yeah, if you had friends who were like getting ready to get married, and they were like, "Oh God, oh, absolutely!" I get the I get the cold feet. I can put myself in this guy's mindset. And also, in fairness to him, em, that is kind of a weird move. I, if I had any doubts about, even though it's been six years, but if I had any doubts, or I thought maybe she was cheating before this, or I, I had any issues, and then I saw the the sheet move, that is a weird move. Okay, that's an interesting guy perspective. I I could see that as well. But I don't think that I would, if I was in a healthy, stable relationship and my partner like was like, I I thought they were going back to clean everything up. Let's wash these sheets. But I can see what you're saying. My wife washes the sheets all the time. I do too, like every three days. I don't even think twice about it. Usually it's because one of the dogs puked on it. And I don't even think twice about it. Stanley doesn't puke. Yeah, he does. We have three dogs in the bed. One of them almost always pukes. Um, but okay, that's a good point. So that you're right. Okay, so that could be a point. But she's telling him that she's not. Okay, I believe that she's not. So regardless of the source or what happened, you've got to have the conversation. You know, you need to sit down, Tom. You love him. You're excited that you're in this relationship and that you're moving in together. But these accusations are hurtful and they're actually untrue. And unless he's willing to work with you, the accusations. And the mistrust is not going to get you anywhere. What about asking him, like, point blank, too? Like, are you doing this because you're freaking out about moving? Yeah. In? You know, ask him. Say, you know, I had I had a hunch. And here's the other thing. You don't want to be accusatory. You want to be, babe, I've been thinking about this. Like, I'm just wondering, like, how are you feeling about us moving in together? Is this Could this be bringing it up? And um, he can't just shut this down. I mean, he's got to be honest and willing to communicate. And if he wants to stay together... And, you know, he's like, I want to stay together, but I can't quite get my feelings out. Then you might need to be, you might be a great candidate for therapy. But if he just keeps resisting and resisting and there's these roadblocks, you know what? You might not put the sheets back on the bed. Best case scenario, though, you guys work through this. I hope so. You end up getting married. And when you're old and gray, you still have the little inside funny joke every time she washes the sheets. Yeah, Anderson. That's so positive. That's so glass half full. Mm -hmm. I love it. Okay. Hi, Emily. I would love to get your thoughts on being sexually active with your spouse while separated. My wife and I have recently separated, but have agreed to not see other people until we figure out if we want our marriage to continue. I feel that oh, that's being, like the worst limbo ever. I feel that being actively intimate with each other will be fun as the day-to-day husband and wife thing, you know, we've struggled with won't be a factor. Thanks, Thomas. What? There's so, some, yeah. Wait, they're going from married to, to okay, F buddies? Okay, so here's my problem with this email. Is that it's, oh, that's I want what they're to doing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's the thing. They're married. I don't know why they're separating. They're taking a little break. Yeah. They're moving to separate apartments. And he's excited because I'm assuming the sex has waned and they've right. got issues that, wow, we can like date again and we can relive that honeymoon phase yeah. and won't that be great? And he wants to know, is that okay? That's half glass full right there. Now, yeah. And she's promising. They're saying, I'm not going to sleep with other people. And, you know, mm-hmm. is it a good idea? Well, here's the thing. As long as you guys are truly like working on the relationship while you're not together and you're not just like having sex and like falling in love again, this euphoric recall, remembering all the great things. um, I think that it's okay to have like physical intimacy. Like I think that that's totally fine. Helps you reconnect. And oftentimes when you do have space from a partner, not necessarily moving out, but you take a trip away from each other. That can build intimacy again. You can reconnect. You get the sexual desire back because you know. Oftentimes, when you absence, 
Absence makes the heart grow fonder. Um, And distance in space could bring that excitement back. But however, if you're just having sex and enjoying that new honeymoon ride, that second swing at the honeymoon, but you're not working on any of those issues, and then you get back together because the sex is so good, same old thing. It's going to be repetition of what you happen. You're going to, it's a trap. Okay. So we all crave the newness and it's just not sustainable over time in any relationship. I'm here to tell you after two years or so in a relationship, it's biology. You're going to need to work on the sex, but just like, I want to make this very, 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 very clear if I have not. Very clear. Just like trauma, issues do not go away unless you work on them. Unless they're treated. You got to treat them in therapy. Clearly, you guys have come to a standstill where you could not work on them. So just taking physical space and not taking that space of, you know, mentally and emotionally working on it, it's not going to heal it. Right. Okay, squirting. I thought that the squirting was going to end up being the uh, the sheets one. You did. I thought she was going to be like, yeah, and that's why I had to wash them because I masturbated uh, that night without you and I scored it all over my sheets. That's why I'm washing them. I could understand why you made that connection. Yeah, I thought it was going to be two birds right there. Hamley, huge fan of you and your podcast. Also, when you're on Loveline, I listen to your podcast every morning trying to catch up. What is Loveline? <laughs> Loveline. Uh, it's a show mm-hmm. that I do here on the radio. So my question is, <laughs> how to get my wife to be more into letting me use the magic wand on her to make her squirt? Uh-huh. We've done it twice now. And the second time, she seemed more into it. But her, but her biggest problem with it is she thinks she's peeing when she orgasms. Yes. I've argued with her and show her articles that say it isn't urine, but she's dead set on thinking it's full-blown urine. Mm-hmm. Thus not wanting me to use the wand to make her squirt. And I love seeing her do it. Is there anything you can do to help us better understand what squirting really entails? Please help us because I know she really likes doing it, but she's afraid or embarrassed by it and thinks she's peeing. Thanks for the help. And I love the show. Bob. Okay. There's been so much focus on this squirting debate. It's like more than the presidential debate. It's so disgusting, but just have her eat some asparagus. It is not disgusting. Here's the thing. Is it pee? Is it not pee? It's a debate. Listen, if it feels good to her and you've expressed how much turns you on, she shouldn't be worrying about if it's pee or not. Because, you know, does it matter? There's too much emphasis on this goddamn fluid cotton. But let me tell you, you want to know what is squirting? Let me break it down oh, for you. Oh, no. You're going to talk about the Barthelon's gland and all that? Yeah. Oh, no. It's so unsexual. It makes something so great, so scientific Small amounts of thick fluid <laughs> sometimes are elicited, uh, secreted during the female orgasm. It happens. And women who squirt... They're simply learning to release one set of muscles while contracting the bladder so they can release a little bit of urine. A little. During orgasm. So when you're having sex and you have stimulation, what happens is the female ejaculate gets mixed in with the vaginal fluids and lubrication and semen and pre-ejaculatory fluid and post-ejaculate. So it's a whole mess of things. Uh, And I don't want to say mess. It's a a cocktail of of sexual excretions. Mm Um, and there is significant proof that the origin of the fluid is the bladder, and there is some chemical composition that is urine. There's also the periurethral glands, ducts that also have some fluid in there that is not urine, okay? So bottom line, again, if she likes it and it feels good and you like it, what is the big friggin' deal if it's urine or not? But... If she does not want to squirt, for whatever reason, you cannot pressure her and make her do it because she won't want to do it. She won't want to come around. Um, No woman on this planet likes being pressured into a sexual act 
and then it's going to lead to other things, other issues, other problems. No woman. Sex is messy, people. Sex is messy, but it's also beautiful. So just get over it. I hate this debate. No, but I understand the debate. And also, here's the other thing. Like I would say squirting is a new anal, but I need a new fucking thing for squirting because when I first started the show, anal was a new blowjob. But squirting with porn, people see it all the time. Mm-hmm. They want to see their partner squirt. Every a lot of men do. Right. So that's the thing. I'm getting the questions. I'm answering it because pegging? I love you. Can pegging be pegging like- is the new squirting, maybe when a man gets anally penetrated. Yeah, you love that so much. I see it in your eye. Like I've you never. Get, can I be honest? It. I'm going to be honest with you. Well, you're not very sexually uh, adventurous. You Um, you haven't really done much. I've never pegged a man. Mm -hmm. I've never worn a strap on and pegged a man. You haven't lived till you have. And I I own strap on. Every day is just a waste of your life. I'm so busy. (laughs) I have no time for pegging. No time for pegging. It's on my schedule. Put it on my schedule. Um, So that's what we get time for. Um, But this is what I want to say, Anderson. You know how y'all write me feedback at sexwithemily.com? Super easy now. If you go to the Ask Emily page on our site, you can easily just send it right there through the site. You just go to Ask Emily, boom, your email gets right sent to our inbox. Um, Also, it's really helpful, again, when you subscribe, but also when you review us on iTunes and you give us five stars. Beautiful. Makes Em feel good about herself. No, it, yeah, but it, it does, also though. helps so I can keep doing the show. Right. I, my goal is to do the Shoot. show. I'd love to do it every day. Yeah. I used to. I don't to. know why you want it. You kind of do it in your head, right? Every single day. You're always I, Emily. Taking notes, doing things. It is my life. And I love it after 10 plus years. Okay, Anderson, thank you so much. Thank you. And em, thanks, for everyone, for listening. Was it good for you? Email me feedback at sexwithemily.com. I know I talk a lot about sex toys for women, but not to worry, guys. Let me give you a helping hand. Well, actually, you're going to have to use your hand or your partner's hand. But let me tell you about the new Flesh Skin from Fleshlight. The Flesh Skin is a compact stroker unlike any other. It's open at both ends and has finger holes for the perfect grip. So whether you're using it on your own or letting your partner do the heavy lifting, it's the perfect addition to your bedroom activities. The combination of the comfortable grip, the ability to vary the pressure, and Fleshlight's ultra-realistic silicone will let you in on all the sex toy fun. Just grab some water-based lube and use the Flesh Skin to add a whole new range of sensations to your pleasure. Get a better grip with the Flesh Skin. Just visit sexwithemily.com slash Fleshlight. That's sexwithemily.com slash Fleshlight to order your Flesh Skin today.